it takes you a very long time because you're so traumatized when this when this starts to happen that you don't really believe that these courts that you rely on these public officials can really be engaged in what's really falls within the definition of domestic terrorist so when all of us get involved at the beginning of it none of us really know what's going on who's to be held accountable the governors of every state are to be held accountable because they're they're charged with enforcing the laws and protecting their citizens and so With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he'll guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Barbara Stone coming to the program. She is an attorney and she's had her mother get sucked into this guardianship program. And like so many others, her wealth gets stolen, her rights get stolen, and her life eventually be taken through drugs and malfeasance. And she's going to come and talk about this whole guardianship issue. It's not just elderly. There's younger people like Britney Spears who are caught in this. But it's, it's a big element that people are not talking about that's part of taking down the United States. And it is an international issue as well, it, like the human trafficking and the child trafficking. This criminal cartel is identifying money and taking it and destroying people's lives. And that it's a pattern that's going on. And that's what I'm trying to uncover and trying to get to the bottom of. And our justice system, our criminal court system is part of it. They're just so, there's so many criminals that are engaged that, and they don't follow the laws. It's part of why common law courts are springing up. People are wanting to do something different because they're not getting anywhere in our criminal justice system. And we need to figure out how to get around that and so we talk about that a lot in this interview. And before we get in, in, into this interview, I want to remind you, please go to sarahwestall.com under subscribe and subscribe to my other, my mini channels that I'm on. I'm on many different video channels. I'm on many different audio channels and my podcast. And I'm trying to grow it because I'm censored so much. I'm trying to grow, you know, widen out my presence so that they can't knock me down in any one place. And so please go subscribe there. I've been more active on Telegram. And also Ebonier and my SarahWessel.tv, those are the places that are really supporting my channel along with my affiliates. So if you go to SarahWessel.com under shop, supporting my affiliates helps me as well. So I just want to let you all know that. SarahWessel.tv, my Ebonier, you can get to all of that at SarahWessel.com under subscribe. And thank you for anybody who shares this interview, shares my interviews, because that's how we get this information out and around the censorship. So let's get into this important interview with Barbara Stone. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for joining the program. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me to the show. This is like a mutual admiration society because you're going so far to expose all of the things that groups individually are experiencing. Yeah, I, you know, what you are bringing forward and what you are fighting 
is really a piece of the puzzle that hasn't been exposed very well yet. You, you know, we are doing a pretty good job of exposing the child welfare system, um, the abuses of children, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking. We're exposing uh, the mainstream media is all over the, uh, you know, the Mar Marxism and stuff, but they're not exposing the real crimes. And the, the other crime that you are so good, if you will, and I know you got thrown into this and it's, you don't want to be good at it, but I suppose you want to be good at it, but not, you didn't plan on it is the guardianship issue. And, you know, I have had Dr. Sarhan on and other, I haven't had other people on yet, but there's documentaries out about it, but it's still so unknown. Britney Spears has come out. She's been a victim of that, but it's, it is a way that they're stripping over $40 trillion worth of wealth out of our country and abusing people in the process. Can you first talk, being an attorney is such a great, perspective that you have. Can you first tell me how you got involved in this nightmare situation that is unfolding across our country? You know, it wasn't because I was an attorney and I practiced real estate law. I never set foot in court. And so I had practiced for 25 years as a real estate attorney, never having a clue as to what went on when you go into these courts. And so I naively thought that I could solve the problem that happened within my family by bringing my mother to court to protect her. But before I went to court, I went to the police. I went to the FBI. I went to what's called the FDLE, which is the Florida version, I suppose, of some Secret Service Nazi enterprise, which I've later learned after going through all of this. So in answer to your question, what happened in my case is that I had moved to New York. I grew up in Florida and I had moved to New York and my mother and I were very, very close. And I had set up a bank account for her, which they would send me notice of, you know, the activity in the account. And uh, after my dad passed away, that's when all of the, what people call dysfunction within the family, but it's not dysfunction, it's criminal activity started to take place by my sibling. So I got out of the clear blue, a notice from the bank account that X number of dollars was missing from my mother's account. I picked up the phone to call her and I was finding over time that it was very difficult for me to get her on the phone. And I had given her a cell phone. I'd given her a fax machine. I'd done everything to make it very easy for her to be in communication with not only me, but with anyone. And it was getting harder and harder. So as soon as I saw that money missing from her account, I knew that my sibling was responsible for it. And I knew that gradually he had been removing her, not only from me, but from her friends and from everyone in the world, because isolation is the beginning of how this happened. So I immediately got on a plane because I used to come visit her like three times. Well, let's say every three weeks, I would fly down from New York to Miami to visit her, make sure she was doing okay and just check in on her. I got to the door and the door, she had, the locks had been changed on the door. So I knew that, um, the whole process had started, but I didn't understand the whole depth of what was going on. So I immediately called the police. I had the police come and open the door for me. And my mother was just sitting there kind of shaking and the police started to ask her questions. But by that point, my sibling had showed up and he's standing there intimidating her. 
And so I went to the police separately. I filed many, many criminal complaints. I went to the FBI. I went here, there, and everywhere, and nobody would do anything falsely telling me that this was a civil matter. So let me just stop right there because do they seriously believe that the isolation of a vulnerable adult and the theft of her assets is a civil matter? And this is, this is what they get out to the community. So people buy into it. Well, I think they buy into it because her son, right? It was her son was involved and her son took the money. Yes. So they don't yes. know if she approved him taking that money or what was going on. And, and so that's the complicated part. Now, do they usually get involved in these situations? And I mean, we want to finish your story, but do they usually get involved in these situations they, when they're sibling? Well, they never get involved, but let me just say there's a sibling argument here. Keep going. Well, you know, in my particular case, and, and I hate to really focus so much on individual cases because I'm so beyond dealing with, um, you know, repeating the same thing, because right now, you know, what I want to get to with you is kind of remedies that I've proposed because we hear so many of these stories um, and they're sporadically reported in the media. And there is, you know, quite a few articles about it that the media has done. And the stories are all the same, um, originating many times within the family, but also originating with someone that's hired as a caretaker or uh, someone from the bank that calls the guardian or calls their cohort to say, Mrs. So-and-so has a lot of money in her account you know, or somebody ends up in the hospital and the whole guardianship process starts, or they're in a retirement community and their own attorney who prepares their trust documents starts the process of guardianship. So, but in, in my particular case, there was a forged check, which was obviously forged. My mother's signature had been obviously forged by my sibling and money had been secretly wired, removed from my mother's account because she meticulously kept a record of where her funds were. And the money just started disappearing because my brother worked for a financial services company who did nothing when reported about it except to allow him to, um, what's the term that they use? It's, it's, it's voluntarily resign. There's, a, there's another term of art, which I, it's not at my fingertips, but so, the securities firm knew about it, and securities firms have what's called suspicious activity reports. So when you make a suspicious activity report, they're supposed to investigate it. There was no investigation. There was nothing done. And my sibling had forged affidavits from his other clients, all of whom were vulnerable adults. So there were a million red flags raised in my particular case, as there are in most cases. And the police do nothing, the FBI do nothing, um, the securities firms do nothing, um, the state attorney does nothing because the state attorney is part of the conspiracy to cover up and protect the judges. So in desperation. Yeah, and so what I wanna get to is, is in your situation, you had a sibling that was steal, stolen, you know, stealing. How did your mother then, I mean, because so much the the system is stealing from people the guardian the judge everybody's getting paid off 
how did that turn into that? And how did you learn about the fact that there's this pattern going on across the United States? Thank you for that question. And so many people, it takes you a very long time because you're so traumatized when this when this starts to happen, that you don't really believe that these courts that you rely on, these public officials can really be engaged in what's really falls within the definition of domestic terrorist. So when all of us get involved at the beginning of it, none of us really know what's going on. And so I was the one that filed the guardianship for my mother. And the first thing that they did was allege all of these misdeeds against me so that they could issue what's called an isol what they call an isolation order. But it's not an isolation order because it's done under the auspices of government. It's a war crime, forcible disappearance, which I use in all of my documents, which means removing somebody physically from the eyes of the world. But of course, I didn't know that at the time. Do they target people where they see siblings who are in conflict, those are easy pickings, I would think. Siblings in conflict um, become much easier to be able to do this on. And so if you have a sibling that don't have their act together, that's who they target or they, tar they target, I mean, that's what it seems like, it, that there's a pattern. I'm trying to find the pattern of who they target. And it seems like whenever there's siblings in con conflict, they can step in and really hose you guys over. Siblings in conflict, is part of it. I don't know the statistics because it's all hush-hush and silent and the court sure. records are sealed. So you can't really find out how a guardianship originated. You know, oddly enough, years ago, my, uh, my I filed in 2012. In 2012, I was in Miami, the hotbed of a lot of this. Florida is the, I call it the human trafficking capital of the world through guardianship, but that's not exactly true because California is very hot in that Las Vegas. Um, human trafficking arena. Las Vegas and New York is too. So is Pennsylvania. But um, the court records were not sealed at the time that I filed. So I used to go into the records constantly because it was a professional guardian assigned in my case where here we are, you know, I'm the daughter, I'm the natural born blood daughter of my mother, but yet I couldn't be the guardian. So they assigned my mother's human ownership to a professional guardianship who had a whole track record of doing this. So I know I'm diverting a little bit from your question about you know family disagreement because I don't want it to just center on family disagreement because anybody's fair game. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, it's easy pickings. They look for specific targets. Now, like in my family, if me and my sisters all agree, you know, I then is it much harder to, you know, to target somebody where everybody's in agreement and what should happen to your parents and who takes care of them then, or would the court go in and just, even if we are, we are more equipped, we're more competent, we have the resources, would they still step in and, and take guardianship? I think if an, just, it's nothing's ever a simple answer, and I'm sorry I'm not giving you no, like a real fair. simple answer. But, but in Florida, they changed the illegal void guardian laws, um, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute, to say that the only persons that could file petitions for guardianship would be family members. But since the laws are not followed, that 
could have all these different exceptions. In other states, I don't know whether there's a provision in the law that says the only person that could file for guardianship would be a family member. But the reason I say that is because in the state that you're in, it could be that anybody could file for guardianship. So you get along well with your siblings, you're all fine, you're all in the same page as far as how to handle the affairs of your loved ones. And then, um, somebody, your mother has a fall and she's in the hospital and somebody that works for the hospital sees assets and they call their friend the guardian and somebody could file for guardianship and then it all goes out the window. So it doesn't matter if you're all on the same page, if you're all aligned. Once it gets to the court, all bets are off to the point where the spouse, um, the people that are married, their marriage has been annulled, and there's a lawsuit in Ohio. Um, I don't know what the status of it is now, but they were older, vulnerable adults, and I don't know what precipitated the guardianship. I believe it might have been actually a daughter that precipitated the guardianship. And so in the course of all of the illegal void contrived activities that take place, one of them was the annulment of their 50-year marriage. And this, this originated with the daughter, but I'll tell you one other quick story, not to divert too much, but before the illegal void laws of guardianship in Florida were illegally and voidly amended, and I'll, as I said, I'll get to that in just a minute, um, there's a very high profile story about this woman who owned um, properties, including a hotel, and I believe it was in Sarasota or Tampa, where a broker, a real estate broker, wanted to list her properties to sell them, and the woman didn't list her properties. She had no interest in selling, and the broker filed a petition for guardianship for this woman to retaliate for not being given the listing on her hotels. And that story was brought to the attention of Ron DeSantis among, at the time, there were 130 some odd complaints, which is just the tip of the iceberg against all of the things that are happening and all of the um, criminal activities that are happening in the crime syndicate. And he sloughed it off as if somebody should be held accountable. Who's to be held accountable? The governors of every state are to be held accountable because they're they're charged with enforcing the laws and protecting their citizens. Yeah, it seems like our whole justice department is is just corrupt. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And when it comes to the guardianship, you go into this huge mess of they identify assets, they figure they can take them, and then there's no there's nothing keeping these courts. To, to be legit. We have no process to make sure the courts themselves are not corrupt. And aren't they actually even going as far as giving the, the adults drugs to make them seem like they are incompetent and not capable of doing their own business? And, and then they also, at the end, once they're out of assets, I've heard of people being killed. And this is very common. Well, we all victims like myself and Dr. Sarhan, we all use the term murder. My mother was murdered, you know, and we mean it. it my mother was murdered because she was ruthlessly drugged with these illegal drugs, psychotropic drugs, to keep her incoherent and to bring on the um, 
the characteristics of dementia. So it's self that self orchestrated dementia. And by that point, I had been isolated from her. I've been repeatedly falsely arrested. I was stripped of my law license. You know, when I talk about these things over and over and I'm still and I can't even tell you how many courts because they won't let you go. So I, I commend anybody. We're so traumatized and we relive it over and over and over. So I was falsely arrested because I had what they call a gag order issued against me that I couldn't report any of the abuses of my mother. Well, first of all, that's not a gag order. That's a blackmail order because that's blackmailing me to deprive me of my federally protected rights to report abuse. But not only that, I'm a mandated reporter because as a daughter, I'm a mandated reporter. So therefore, I was ordered to criminally violate the law. And this is this is what goes on. But I don't want to divert too far. And of course, I'm happy to go back and, and answer questions. But again, you know, all of these things are what I now call diversions, because the reality is it's not what goes on in the court. It's the laws called guardianship law and conservatorship law in California that are all illegal and void. And they allow all of this, these horrific activities to take place in a court using laws that are illegal. And so if you don't mind, Yes, let's go through some of them. People are, people are to the point where they're so uh, frustrated with our legal system that they think that we just need to about start over. I mean, people or you know, that's why they are doing their their assemblies and all sorts of other things because our legal system is so corrupt and so vile that they aren't to be trusted but you still have some confidence in it and you have these laws that you think will make a difference. Go ahead. Well, um, to get back to your point about the perception of the, of the legal system, I couldn't agree with you more. And people talk about the fact that it's broken, but it's not broken, it's working exactly as the people that are running it intend. They're in control they're preparing, they're writing the laws because our legislators are now for the most part, all attorneys. So they're writing the laws to help their brethren, judicial public servants syndicate. commit crimes. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big criminal, criminal syndicate. syndicate. Yeah. A big yep. criminal, it's the biggest, it's the biggest racket in the world. But what's so frustrating is that, and I guess, um, Maybe you see it a little bit more than I do because you're talking to people all over the world. But it seems that the United States has covered its tracks so well where the real criminals are the ones in the court system and in the government, whereas in other countries, you know, you worry about crimes from the criminals on the street. Mm, but in I don't know if that's true. Criminals I think the governments, that's why we have the second amendment to protect our um, ability from the government. And a lot of the other countries are taking that, you know, the rights of to bear arms away, or they have for many years, because the government itself is the corruption. That's why we started this country because of the tyranny under, you know, British rule. And so it's always been a problem. And that's what makes the United States, the, the hope of the United States so great is that we aren't under tyranny. 
but they've figured out a way to go around that with this whole criminal syndicate and control of the courts and stuff. But yeah, other countries, there are a few countries that are still like little oasises, but um, government tyranny has always been an alter history and issue, right? I mean, that's what- the I guess my comment was really that it's kind of secretive in the United States. Well, people here are very naive. They're, they aren't seeing the propaganda. You know, the masses have so much propaganda thrown at them that they believe this narrative and people like me are censored. So they aren't seeing the truth. Although the internet is allowing it to get out there a lot more. It's not, you know, and, and so that's why your story is such a big deal because it's a big piece of the puzzle that the whole truth network hasn't really, you know, tied into yet. And it, it, we are fighting for this, to keep our country alive. And these court systems are uh, one, they've been infiltrated. We've been infiltrated at so many levels. And it's one big corrupt environment. And whether you call it the mob or the global syndicate, but this is a big part, piece of the puzzle and at the individual level, you think that your mother's just being taken, but no, it's a big, it's a, it's a systematic thing to strip, of, strip us of our assets and our dignity. And that's what's happening. And people haven't tied that together yet, but that's why your story is good. That's why your fight is so noble because that's what's going on. Right, but again, also it's so true. The courts are lawless and Mainstream media has started to report that as being the case. There are some mainstream media that has reported them as being <laughs> the term that I like to use a rotted carcass. Well, yeah, and, and because they haven't, they aren't all bad. You know, I mean, there are people in mainstream media and they're like, I don't want to be part of this. And so they're fighting back a little bit too, but the most, I don't know, they, they say about 90% truth. They are being fed propaganda. And if, if a, mainstream journalists gets out of line too much, they get fired, but keep going. Yes, that's true because all of us share the same stories now because now we have this huge network which um, people can access through courtvictim.com, which is a website that one of the people in our group has put together, a gentleman named Robert Gettinger, who was a former police officer and his mother was captured in a guardianship and he was never able to see his mother after that happened. Uh, his story also arose from a sibling disagreement. Um, and then you spoke to Dr. Robert Sarhan, whose story also uh, arose from a sibling disagreement. So Dr. Sarhan is a doctor. His mother was taken away and he could never see his mother again. I'm a lawyer and my mother was seized and I couldn't see my mother. Robert Gettinger is a police officer and he couldn't see his mother again. But part of the problem is that there's dysfunction even amongst the victims of guardianship because I don't know how far you've gotten into it, but there are some groups that feel like resolving this, they can, this can be resolved by more legislation or by legislation that allows us to see our parents. And I'm appalled and I'm disgusted and I'm verb and I'm gonna be outraged in this you know, conversation with you because these laws are all illegal and void and they all have to be abolished. And I find it so deceptive and disingenuous for people to have been kind of um, deceived so much by the government 
that they're kowtowing to this industry of illegal void laws by saying, oh, please, let's just prepare a law that says that we can see our parents. They may be infiltrated or they are only seeing the sliver of their story. They can't see the big picture. And so, I mean, so it, that's the problem with human beings. We screw up everything, but it's, that's why leaders and people who can see stuff need to, to have more morals and ethics. And, and we have, we can't have leaders in positions who are corrupt criminals because then they don't, they don't have that that guardianship, I hate using that word, of humanity to make sure that we can, you know, the stewards of humanity to make sure we're not hurting others. And that's what's happening is our laws and our, our whole legal profession, they aren't doing what they should. But you have ideas that would fix it at a broader level assuming our justice system is fixable. You know, I don't know. What do you think would help? Well, first of all, I have a whole little um, scenario here that talks about why these laws are illegal, but you don't really need to go too far afield other than to just show that these rights, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are our natural rights granted to us by the creator that was acknowledged as such in the Declaration of Independence that specifically makes that statement that these rights are endowed to us by the creator. These are not rights that are given to us by laws or by the constitution or by uh, any kind of other jurisdiction. These are, these are laws that we have just because we were born. And the government is instilled under the Constitution to protect and guarantee those rights. So it's having been through hell and back, you know, it's very obvious to me, it's so obvious to me that they've created an industry using laws yeah. that are illegal to strip us of our natural rights. That's the crux of it. And that's what I'm trying to get to, yeah, is how they've created a whole industry to strip the assets and just to demoralize people. And, and that's what we have to attack and, and fix that whole corrupt system and then have a way for people to be able to, you know, if you're in, a, I mean, we have to have a way to clean up the judicial system because when the crooks are the ones watching over people, that's when government tyranny, I mean, we're in tyranny, it's tyranny and that we need to fix that. So how, what are the, some of the laws that you think will make a difference? Well, it's very simple, you know, and people kind of fight it because they've been so indoctrinated, but we don't need laws. We don't need laws to tell us how to interact with our family. So if a person of wealth, because this is all this goes after people that have any yeah. wealth. Yeah. So yep. when, when someone in a family um, wants to um, protect themselves and, and make a decision as to who in their family they want to designate as their helper if they're not able to uh, take care of their financial affairs or if they need help with their financial affairs. A simple power of attorney can do that. And then if there's crimes committed by the person that holds that power of attorney, you go to law enforcement. You don't go to a court. And a court is not even the appropriate venue to deal with um, what's termed incapacity 
An incapacity is a disability under the Americans with Disabilities Act. It has nothing to do with mental incapacity, make, rendering you, you know, pray for a court. You know, there's, there's health agencies in every state who can evaluate and designate a social worker or designate a paid state licensed person to help you with your affairs if you don't have family members that can do it. But what's so particularly um, offensive is that they use these terms ward of the state. Can you imagine? My mother, Mrs. Stone, was designated. They called her a ward of the state. But she wasn't really a ward of the state because the people involved in the crime syndicate that had seized her, nobody had a state license. So it was kind of a, a euphemism for, I don't know what it was for, but nobody had a state license. So she wasn't a ward of the state and the state didn't pay for her care. They stole her assets to pay themselves while they deprived her of all kinds of care. So again, it's just a false pretense put out by the, the, the legislators and the government that's concealed by the governor, it, they're all working, they're all working together. And so you can't really say, well, this is something that's perpetrated by the courts, because you have to go back to the fact that these laws are all illegal. And the federal government knows that all of the people in the federal government know that there's never been any kind of law whatsoever in the federal government to deal with the term, quote, guardianship, because all of these things all of the all of the um, the activities are federal, you know, our federal rights, our federal social security, our federal pensions, our federal social security. These are all funds that are federal funds. How in the world can a state step in and seize these federal funds in this pseudo state court? And so um, the whole concept is just. Uh, it's dystonian. It, it's it's Kafkaesque. It's 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 an absurdity. It's like the theater of the absurd, and we, the people, are allowing this to happen. So everybody's got to wake up and realize that nobody's immune. Anybody can be taken. Anybody can be seized. But but one other thing that's so important, and I want to convey, is that. We have control of our money right now. What would happen if everybody simply took their money and parked it overseas, bankrupting the government? You know, they rely on us to allow them access to our funds, but we have access, we, we have control over our funds. Think about that. What would happen if somebody woke up and said, I want to protect my assets. I'm going to find a bank that has no offices in the United States, and I'm just going to take my money and I'm going to park it overseas. And Mr. Government officials, you're not going to seize me in my in your guardianship enterprise because you can't. There's nothing for you to take. Yeah. So pretty much, people. What I've heard is this: is that if uh, one of your loved ones, your your mother or father, have assets that you need to remove as a family, you got to get along with your siblings, first of all, but they need to figure out a way to remove it from their names 
Um, and, and they want to leave it as a will to their kids and stuff, but they, they need to get it out of their name so that when a guardianship hawk comes in and sees they have assets, they, they won't see that they have assets. That's how they can protect themselves from this nightmare. But like you're saying, it's not just the elderly. It could be anybody that they go after, like a Britney Spears who's younger, although she had some emotional mental problems. They, they gleam on the something that can connect to it and then then your rights are gone forever and so you just say we should abolish a lot of these laws well you know um people individually myself included none of us individually can fight this cartel you know so now we're united and again i encourage everybody that's listening to this to go on to um, courtvictim.com courtvictim.com and and look at what you know we posted on there we've got a way to communicate with all of us that are on there you can reach me by barbara at courtvictim.com and tell your story and join our um unified voice and so we've got things in the works we're looking to the un to stand up to this we're looking to the to other courts to address this the problem that we're having is that we don't really have a court in the United States that we can petition to address the problem. Well, you can put together your own common law court. You can have your own human rights organization. I'm not sure if the UN is going to help you, but if you, you should put together your own human rights organization. You should put together your own common law court, and then you can petition your different places. There are a lot of common law courts, people that can help you set that up. My point is, is that you're going to people who are very involved in the crime syndicate to help you. And that's the problem that we have is that so many people we think are there to help us are actually members of this crime syndicate. So we have to create organizations outside of them and have power outside of them and grow members that are, you know, have hundreds of thousands of members in another organization that is not part of that crime syndicate and hold these people to the fire because the UN is, is corrupt. That's the problem. That is the big problem. That is the big problem. So we're put in the spin cycle because we don't have, I guess, what's, you know, official or authorized, um, people's courts, which is, which is exactly what you're saying. That's what we need to do. Court, I'm in yeah. the process. Um, and you're an attorney. You could do that. You have to unwind what you've done in the past. I just want to use, talk about one thing. Kevin Annette, who's been working on this in Canada, the common law courts, yes. he's been working against the crimes against the indigenous people for a long time because they had these boarding schools where they literally uh, killed half the kids that went to these boarding schools that were um, in, indigen indigenous groups. And he's been fighting and fighting and fighting. And they finally unearthed a, uh, they've been saying there's this mass grave that's there. And they found 260 kids in this mass grave, unidentified children. And they finally starting to have to admit it because their numbers are super low. They're lying about how many kids were actually killed in these boarding schools. And now they found this mass grave and the premier of uh, Canada, Trudeau had to come and apologize for it. And they've been pushing and they've been doing common law courts and it works if you do it and you're, and I think this is something we have, you have to do and have an organization. You guys have, you guys have lots of people, don't you? How many people are part of your group? Well, we have 
we have hundreds of people all over the country. And um, there's probably millions of people that are affected because my all of this is so secretive that yep. we don't even have exact numbers of you know who's been captured in the Guardian cartel. But uh, but a lot of the people we're finding are fearful to speak up. I can imagine that's why you and have power in numbers. You have, yeah, if you build a big organization, you have power in numbers. They'll try to infiltrate and stuff, but your management needs to be small so they can't infiltrate it and you just have all these members who are like this is bs then you have power in numbers they have to listen to you right well maybe we'll communicate um after the show or maybe you'll pass along a couple of um contacts people that might be able to help with regard to the um to the uh public courts um, one of the things that I'm doing right now, and it's a little too premature to talk about it, but I'm reaching out to people internationally where we're trying to establish a venue internationally to address yep. this. And maybe it is international. It is an international issue. It is. It's international. Yes. It's universal. It's international. And so we need to go beyond the United States. And that's why I'm familiar with um, Keith Arnett. Arnett, maybe I'm mispronouncing Kevin his Arnett. Name. Kevin. Kevin, and yeah. I, I believe I watched your interview with him. Yeah, he's and, great. Uh, yeah, he's he's terrific, and so maybe he's somebody that you know we can work together with. And I'd appreciate anything else, any any other suggestions that you have. Yeah, I, I really think that I mean because this is a big part of the puzzle, and uh, but we can't. I mean, if the UN is just going to be a corrupt organization that's just going to support this criminal activity. Like, well, why do we go to you? You know, we who can we go to that's going to have the kahunas to stand up to this criminal cartel? We can't have our loved ones being treated one like this. One of the reasons I, I mentioned the UN is because we've been to so many places already, including the US Supreme Court, and gotten nowhere up but in the spin cycle. But we hadn't actually reached out to the UN, knowing probably that the same result is going to occur. But you know, we just keep grasping at as many straws as we can get to but you're absolutely right I mean here we are again getting ready to you know plead with the enemy to please you know uh, refrain from your criminal activity yeah and they not, they're not going to stop because we ask them politely I mean we're dealing with a criminal cartel you know right, please right. stop no, human trafficking right. please exactly, stop doing exactly. this you know it's exactly like exactly and we have no court and we have no law enforcement and so there we are, you know, and so to establish govern governmentship by our own, uh, we the people courts, of course, is the best thing that we could possibly do. Well, and there's sheriffs, there's, there are good people everywhere, right? There's good people in all the systems that are like, hell with this, we don't want this. And so it needs to come, a whole culture needs to push back against it. But like I said, I think you need a, your own organization that has the numbers and has the power because otherwise, I mean, what are you going to do? It's, yeah, you know, you know what you've been running up against it. You know what I'm talking about. But thank you so much to everybody that's listening to this. Thank you for that suggestion. And I hope that what you're saying uh, resonates with the people that are hearing this, because this is what we say all the time. Speak up become a huge become a huge voice. We're the ones that need to uh, make the effort and unite together and, and tear this thing down. Yeah, well, because tyranny thrives in silence. 
when good people do nothing, tyranny thrives. And that's, you know, it can't be, I know it's fearful. That's why the courage isn't a word for people to have, you know, be out there when there's nothing to fear. Courage is, is noble because you do have something to fear. And so it's hard, I know, but it is what it is. Well, very well said, Sarah, and thank you so very much for everything that you're doing, for bringing all of these criminal cartels, you know, together so that people see that these are not isolated instances. This is all interwoven, you know, everybody that's uh, that's a victim of the government, you know, everybody's got to be part of, you know, the the tearing this this whole tyrannical uh, enterprise apart. Because because, mm-hmm. because the family, our family is the whole reason we're here. It's the whole reason why we have a country, why we're supposed to be a civilized society. Nothing else matters. Nope. Nothing. I mean, money? No. I mean, it's our family. Yeah, absolutely. So again, tell everybody where they can reach out to you. And, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more activity going on, people waking up to all these, these crimes. Where can they reach your forum and organization? Okay, so our website is called courtvictim.com, court victim without an S, it's just singular, courtvictim.com. And you can reach me at barbara at courtvictim.com. And so please speak up, reach out to us. There's a whole group of us within our organization and um, we're here to unite and we all have the same goals and, As I said, the main goal is that people have to realize and have to internalize that guardianship, conservatorship, whatever term they use, it's it's illegal. It's preposterous. And so you have to start questioning everything, question everything. Well, thank you so much, Barbara, for making a stand, for doing what you do. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you again for all you do.